Well, we're continuing our series today on finding joy. And it seems to me that uh, that is an incredible topic right now for us to be looking at uh, in the midst of this COVID season. We, we thought we'd get out of it, and then we're back in it. We thought we're out of it, and then it seems like uh, we just kind of keep coming back at it. I love Cheryl's uh, word last week on uh, chasing joy uh, in suffering. Uh, what a hard topic that is when we're having complicated, difficult times to try and find joy. And yet the biblical message is there for us. We are to find joy in all things. So today uh, we're going to continue to look at that. And uh, we're going to look at the, the, that whole area of joy in contentment or joy in peace. And as we start, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, gracious and Loving Father, may you be with me in the words that I use. May you be in the hearts and minds of folks who uh, are listening to us today. And may you move through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, one of the things I would I'd love to begin with is to show you a picture. And this is a picture of uh, my grandson when he was six years old, uh, between two characters and two characters that you'll recognize. One of the reasons uh, I wanna show you this picture is that that little boy standing in the midst of those two characters uh, has been to me uh, the most wonderful example of what it is like to live in joy and contentment in really hard circumstances. That picture was taken at Disney World when he was on a Make-A-Wish trip. And as soon as I say Make-A-Wish trip, you'll understand. Uh, Jacob uh, was one year old when he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Uh, he lived another five years uh, until his death uh, and his home going to be with Jesus. Uh, Jacob uh, ended up just being a phenomenal example to me and to everyone around us of how to live life, even this short, young life, with a spirit of joy and contentment. He taught us so many different lessons. And I know that uh, when I tell you he, he was one of the brightest little boys I've ever known, one of the most loving little boys uh, I've ever known, you'll say, well, yes, you you sound like a grandfather, and indeed I am. But I think in the midst of the difficult circumstances of Jacob's life, he was always joyful, he was always bright, and he really had a, a strong sense of being content. He was content with all the circumstances of his life. Uh, as you can imagine, he spent uh, days and days with numerous tests and uh, being prodded and poked and having all kinds of experiments kind of worked out on him. He spent uh, many, many days at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital here in Palo Alto uh, being taken care of by a wonderful uh, group of people. Uh, but in all of that, there was always this sense of contentment in him. I can remember one incident where uh, Jacob was sitting on the floor of the examination room and uh, he was playing with an iPad and the neurosurgeon came in and plunked himself down on the floor in front of Jacob. Uh, Jacob didn't bother looking up from the screen. And his mother said, well, 
Jacob, uh, don't you want to say hello to the doctor? And Jacob took one glance up at the doctor and said, no, I see him all the time. And to me, that always has been a, a, a wonderful example of this is the rhythm of my life. It isn't all the way I'd like it to be, but I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm going to find joy and peace and contentment in it. So the characters that are uh, surrounding Jacob at Disney World are, of course, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. And I think those two are just such incredible characters for us to uh, come to terms with. Tigger is this exuberant character who bounces around and he springs from place to place, uh, the epitome of joy. And I've always thought that Winnie the Pooh is kind of that contented animal. It, it doesn't take much. Uh, I have a little bit of honey. I have my friends around me. And really, everything will be all right. So I, I thought this was the perfect image, the perfect symbol for which we could begin our time together today. So it leads me to say, well, where do you find yourself? In the middle of this COVID season, we're all over the place. Uh, as I said, uh, when we look at the news, it seems like everything is bad news. When we think about the COVID uh, experience itself, uh, we get vaccinations. Uh, all of a sudden, the vaccines aren't working properly and, uh, and they're ended, they're stopped. And everywhere around the world, we, we hear about these, these horrendous situations uh, of a lack of vaccines and a spike in uh, the disease again. And what that's done to many of us over this last year has brought us to a place of despair. I just find more and more that I run across more and more people that certainly don't have a sense of joy. And in fact, uh, I think what's happened over this last year is many folks have been brought to the absolute brink and they're going, what's the point anymore? Uh, I'm discouraged. Uh, when am I ever going to be able to get back together with my family? When can we get back to life that is normal? Well, the question is, what is normal? And uh, are we going to get back to a place where life is normal again? I think that's the reality that we have to deal with. But what about you? What about you personally? Where do you find yourself today in this whole uh, idea of chasing joy? I think it's a great topic because it seems to elude many of us. So, so could I ask you, where are you? Uh, are, are you in a place where you got up this morning that you went, okay, I'm, I'm grateful for this new day. Thank you, God. I look forward to everything that you have in store. I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of all the, the, the events of this day. Or uh, do you find yourself in a place of discouragement uh, and despair and sadness and loneliness? Well, I would say uh, the title is right. We're chasing joy. So I want to share with you a, a scripture that... Uh, I'm going to guess you're going to recognize when I start to read it, but it is one of those passages of scripture that reminds us that God is always in the business of renewing and restoring us and bringing us to a place where um, he wants us to experience uh, a level of joy and contentment and peace uh, in our lives. I I'm reminded of that great uh, text in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where Paul says, uh, we are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone 
and the new has come. As believers, we have this newness of life. And the newness of life is what Paul addresses in the text before us from Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 14. And in the text, we read this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly, says Paul in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in all circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Well, what we see here uh, in these couple of verses is Paul explaining that he is content in every and all circumstances. His joy, his contentment is not dependent on what is around him. You know, a number of years ago, I uh, was in Nepal and I was asked uh, to visit a pastor in his home in a small village on the eastern part of Nepal. And uh, we had just provided a a water pump for the village in which this pastor lived. And he consequently asked me to come and look at his home. And and with, I want to tell you, with a great sense of pride, he showed me his home. The place where he lived, as you'll see in this image, uh, was very simple. It was a mud and dung made home with a, uh, a mat roof. It had a level floor and in one corner there was this little raised area that was the stove. On the other side was a little raised platform that had a blanket laid on, that was his bed. There was a pole uh, strung across the top of the room and on that he had hanging a few clothes, there were a few pots and pans and this was everything this individual owned in all of life. And yet as I stood in that humble abode with him, I saw a sense of contentment, a sense of joy over all that God was giving him and allowing him to do. Uh, He was grateful for that day. He was grateful for the circumstances in which he lived. He was thankful for the village that he was able to preach to. Uh, He was thankful for those belongings that he had. Well, as you can imagine, I came back home and I was absolutely embarrassed when I looked at what I had. And my sense of complaining uh, and grousing about all that life uh, had brought me, uh, often in my mind, I go back to that little hut uh, whenever I'm complaining and realize that here was somebody who was 
incredibly contented with where they were in life, and I very often am not. Well, what was the key to that pastor's contentment and joy? It was his absolute rock-bottom belief and faith in Jesus Christ, absolutely believing that the most important thing in his life was who God was and who Jesus Christ was, uh, always active in his life and always working with him. And perhaps, just perhaps, that's the key for us too. Paul identifies that, doesn't he, in this text? It's really interesting. You know, the, the, the verses that I read to you a couple of moments ago are very familiar to us, and we want to hang in on a couple of those verses sometimes. So we, we hear that word, you know, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Well, what is the source of that rejoicing? Paul answers it in the last phrase that I read. He says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There's the bookend of finding joy and being content and having peace in our life. It's we are, you know, having joy is not an option, according to Paul. He says, rejoice. And then he says, in case you didn't get it, I want to tell you again, rejoice. And we can do that because God is the one who gives us uh, this ability and this contentment. You know, after he says rejoice, he says, I want you to come constantly to God uh, in prayer. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to be concerned. I want you to come to God and ask him for anything that you want to ask him for. And the result will be that God will answer you. There's, the, there's a wonderful statement about prayer. Don't be anxious. Don't be hesitant. Come to God. Ask him what needs you have. And you know what God is going to do? He's going to answer you, not necessarily to give you what you asked for, but what God will give you is a sense of peace. And I, I want to tell you, contentment and peace are the same thing. And those two things will lead us to a sense of joy. Hear it again. Don't be anxious. Come to God. Just ask him for whatever it is. And God is going to give you a sense of peace. Well, prayer in that sense is a, is a two-way conversation, right? You're going to be talking to God and God is going to be talking to you. You know, in every conversation that you have in life, you don't always get the answers you want, do you? Uh, it wouldn't be a conversation if that was true. No, a conversation is two ways. And uh, sometimes we have to discuss a little bit more. Sometimes we have to ask again. And so it is in, in, in what Paul describes here too. We come before the Lord not being anxious, but trusting him. We come in faith, uh, having a conversation with him and asking him to respond to us. Well, the response, uh, Paul says, if we're willing to listen, if our hearts are open, is that God will always give us peace. And it's a peace, he says, which transcends all understanding. So it's not the kind of peace that we find in our world, but it's this, this spiritual peace that God gives in our heart. And that's the kind of peace that I sensed in that pastor in Nepal. It's the kind of peace that I saw and, and see in, in my grandson, Jacob. There, there was a peace there that doesn't make sense from an earthly perspective, but it's a peace that God gives and brings to us. So then uh, 
he says, after you pray and after you get this sense of peace, here's what I want to have happen. I want you to fill your life and fill your heart and fill your mind with lots of things. And Paul doesn't say, I, I want you to do all these things one by one. But it's kind of like, uh, if you like, Paul takes a shovel and he puts all these words on that shovel and he says, okay, I want to cram this down your throat. This is what you need to hear. So he says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Not one by one, but all together. You get the idea? A shovel. And I want to put that shovel and I, put it, I want to put that into you. What kind of stuff that we put in our heads? There used to be a phrase that we used a, a while ago that said garbage in, garbage out. Well, what are you putting into your mind? What are we thinking about? What, uh, what sorts of things uh, are becoming important in our thinking process? What do we allow in there day by day? Well, Paul ha has a good sense. He says, take all of these together and think about those things. And then uh, Paul says, use me as an example. Whatever you've learned from me, whatever you've seen in me, uh, put that into practice. And what uh, would they have seen in Paul? What's well, the kind of things that I just described to you? Paul says, I, I want you to have a spirit of joy and I, I want you to recognize that that joy and that contentment will come as you communicate with God and it's gonna come from him. Well, what was Paul's life like? Uh, what kind of a sense can we have of, of Paul's life? You know, there are a couple of scriptures that, that really help us to understand the kinds of stuff that Paul went through. You know, sometimes we look, don't we, at uh, this season of COVID and we think this has been the hardest time of our whole life. I have never experienced anything in my life this complicated and this difficult. And don't you think that that might make Paul giggle just a little bit? It probably would. You know, in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8, we read this. We don't, do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Think about that. Paul is saying there, life was so hard, so complicated, that we even despaired of life itself. That's a... That's a harsh statement and a great commentary. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt a sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but that we might rely on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and so he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us uh, in answer to the prayers of so many. Oh, what a, an amazing statement that is and what a wonderful commentary that is for us uh, about where Paul finds himself and, and who he is and how he commends himself to this little church in Philippi and how Paul commends himself to us in this whole area of contentment and joy and peace and well-being and trust and faith because that's what's all involved here. It has to do with trust, well-being, and faith because of who God is. 
You know, I, I sort of have this idea at times that we have uh, what I would call a spiritual bank account. And when uh, things are going really well for us, uh, we, we put in, we, we make deposits into that spiritual bank account. And that happens uh, when we pray, it happens when we read, it happens when we read devotions, it happens when we get together with our small group uh, and we pray for each other. And, and all those are, are spiritual things that we put in. And it, it's kind of like we have this, this bank account inside us. But there are times when things get really hard and when things get tough for us. And in those moments, what do we do? We're unable to make deposits, but we can make withdrawals. And maybe the COVID season is one of those seasons where uh, God says it's okay to make some withdrawals. I get it. I understand it. Uh, and, and I want your spiritual life to continue. I want you to continue to grow. But maybe it's a time uh, for you just to think about, um, about withdrawals. You know, it's amazing how we go through life. And uh, I think about my own journey when I was a lot younger. Actually, as Judy, my wife, reminds me, um, I thought I was pretty smart. When I graduated from seminary, uh, I was going to save the world. I thought that was my task. And I knew absolutely everything. Uh, There were very few things that I I couldn't answer. In fact, when I was dating Judy, uh, one of the things I learned to do is when she asked me a question, I would answer her very quickly. And if I answered her quickly, she absolutely believed me. Uh, What she discovered was that I was making a lot of stuff up. And now, if I answer too quickly, uh, Judy goes, okay, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Is that the truth or are you just making that up? Well, I was in that kind of a place in my life when I was younger that I thought I knew absolutely everything. Now that I'm on the other end, Uh, and I'm getting much older, what I'm discovering is I don't know very much at all. And with each passing day, I discover that I know less. And maybe that is a good, healthy part of our spiritual journey. Because as I know less, I want to discover more, and I want to learn more, and I want to go deeper. And again, I think that is exactly what Paul is telling us here. I want you to fill your lives with those good things, I want you to continue to pray and have this conversation with God. And then I want you to think about your life, your well-being, your health, your emotional state, your joy, your spirit of contentment, the sense that everything is going well, does not ever depend on the circumstances of your life. It never depends on the circumstances of your life but it depends on your relationship with God. The last line in the text, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I'm able to do whatever it is I'm called to do in life because I'm loved by God and because he cares for me so much. So in terms of our lives, when things get complicated and difficult, what do we do? Well, I want to suggest there are three things very simply that we do. First of all, when things seem impossible, we pray. When circumstances are impossible, uh, we recognize that we're a work in progress. We haven't got it all figured out. When circumstances are impossible, we understand that God is ready to bring us to a place of peace. 
And that really is this whole idea of, uh, of us chasing joy uh, in contentment. We want to be content. We want to be at peace. Well, I'd love to close with you with uh, a prayer that uh, comes from John Stott. John Stott was a great theologian, uh, Bible teacher. In fact, he taught here at our church a, a couple of times in his lifetime. And I'd like to close with you with a prayer that he uses every morning. So please join me as we pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that I may live this day in your presence and please you more and more, Lord Jesus. I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. And what is that fruit? That fruit, O oh Lord, is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, three persons in one God, have mercy on me. Almighty God, creator and sustainer of the universe, I worship you. Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of and Lord of the world, I worship you. Holy Spirit, sanctifier of the people of God, I worship you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be evermore. Amen. And my final comment would be that the only way we can survive, the only way we can live this life in joy and contentment is in Christ, and it is in him alone.